0: Thank you. Thank you for the desires you put in our hearts to be more like you. These God-given desires that are instilled in every born-again believer, the desire to be like you, to walk like you have walked, to be the kind of people that you have called and destined us to be. Hear our prayer this morning, we pray, as we bow before you, Lord, with humility and gratitude in our hearts for the journey that you are taking us through in order to become more like you we want to say thank you this morning for every circumstance every trial every test we rejoice in it we give you thanks for the process and the work you are doing through the process that you are taking us through And so now, Lord, we come to Your Word. We come to You through the help of Your Spirit, hungry to learn, hungry to be taught Your ways, Your will, Your Word, and to be molded and discipled through Your precious Spirit. We thank you for giving us ears to hear this morning and eyes that can see what you see, a heart that understands you and your ways far above all. We thank you for seeing eyes and hearing ears and hearts that have been plowed, hearts that have been worked on, that understands the ways of the Lord we give you praise for that in Jesus name Amen. amen you may be seated please I want to take you on a journey this morning a journey of understanding the way God works as he takes us through a process the process in order to bring greatness out of us and all of us who have been born again by the Spirit of God who know God intimately we need to understand that we are on this journey the journey of faith and this journey has a destination And the destination is greatness. We are destined to become great in the sight of the Lord. Amen? So I'm going to do a series of teaching on the subject of becoming great in the eyes of the Lord. And I'm going to stop after, hopefully after 35 minutes because I don't want to give you too much. So Michael, when 35 minutes is closing in, just give me a signal, please. The title of my teachings this, this morning, or the series that we're going to go through, is called Greatness Through Process. We're going to look at a character in the Bible from which we will learn and understand God's ways of bringing the greatness that He placed in us, bringing them out of us in order to bless humanity. This character is John the Baptist. And we will lay a foundation on this series of teachings from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning with verse 13 through to 17, and Luke's chapter 1, verse 80. Luke 1, 13 through to 17, and verse 80. But the angel said to him, that is to Zacharias, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. That's what we're talking about. He, that is John the Baptist, will become great in God's sight. "...and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children... And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Verse 80. And so the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. No one is born great. But everyone is born with the seed of greatness in them, born with the potential to become great in their sphere of authority and influence. Did you know that you were born again to become great in the sight of the Lord? Amen? Now, every believer has an inbuilt desire from God to please the Lord. All of us want to please the Lord. All of us that have been born again by the Spirit of God have a desire within us to do great and wonderful things in the Lord and through the grace of God. Am I right? We want to know that we've made a difference not just in our lives and in our family, but in the world that we live. We crave and we desire significance. We want to be significant. We don't just want to be a nobody. Not just a number among the many thousands and millions of people. Because God created us that way, unique in His sight, destined to become great, in our sphere of authority that God has given to us. Am I right? Amen. Now, often we look up to people that we admire in the body of Christ, whose lives have borne much fruit in the kingdom, and we wonder whether our lives will ever be as fruitful as theirs. Can I become as fruitful? as this person that I look up to or admire in the faith. We look at the heroes of faith in the Old and the New Testament. And there is a a desire within us placed there by God wanting to become fruitful in the kingdom of God, wanting to please God. We don't want our lives to be wasted, living without purpose, living without significance, but living with precision and purpose, knowing that we are accomplishing the very things that God ordained for us to do while here on the earth. Amen? There's nothing more powerful than living with a purpose, knowing who you are and knowing why you're here. Amen? So, the answer is yes, of course. We can achieve greatness. We can become influential and fruitful in our spheres of calling. And every one of us has a calling from God, whether you're a teacher or a pastor, whether you're a nurse or a builder. Hello? We have a calling. We have a purpose. We have a destiny. And God wants to see greatness expressed, displayed, and released through His people in order to govern and influence every sphere of our society. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is that going to be accomplished? Through you and I, as we exercise our faith in God and do that which God has called us to do. Amen? Now... When we speak about greatness, of course, we need to define what greatness is in the sight of God because it's not the same definition in the world's terms. God's definition of greatness is not the same as the world's definition of greatness. The world defines great, someone who has looks, good looks, and has a lot of talent That is why the world honors and remunerates stars, Hollywood stars, the money they make those people, athletes, just because they can kick the ball in the net. I mean, they earn millions of dollars because they can throw the ball in the hoop. You see, the world honors talent, not character. No, no, they can be horrible people. But the world looks up to them, admires them. Young children want to become like them. That's the world's definition of greatness. You have good looks and you have a little bit of a talent, they will take you and make you a star. Hello? Amen. God's definition of greatness, though, is very different. Greatness in the eyes of the Lord is measured by our ability to inspire and influence others towards God and His purposes. Did you get that? God's definition of greatness is measured by our ability to influence, to inspire others towards God and His purposes. God measures the greatness of a person's life by the content of their character or Christlikeness and how well they serve those whom God has placed in their care or in their sphere of influence. How well we serve them. Because greatness in a person's life in the eyes of God is not measured by talent or duration, but by donation is what you've given, how well you served, what served, what the contents of your character are. That's greatness in the eyes of the Lord. And God's greatness is found in what you do for others while you live your life here on earth. Exercising your God-given authority... Through your life's assignment. You know, a mother can become great in the eyes of the Lord because she has raised children in a godly way, because she has invested her life in those children. Probably that was her assignment, maybe nothing more, nothing greater than that, but raised kids that are a living example of Christ likeness faithfulness, commitment, loyalty, generosity. In the eyes of the Lord, that precious mother is considered great. Amen. The world doesn't honor that. The world honors career. And many have sacrificed their families for the sake of their careers. They want to climb the corporate ladder. But in the process, they've neglected the very things that God has called them to do as their life's assignment. Now, John the Baptist, the Bible says, he became great in the sight of the Lord because his life and his ministry turned many hearts back to the Lord their God. We never read in Scripture that John did a miracle or raised a dead person or healed anyone. But his very life and his very ministry raised a spiritually dead nation and prepared that nation for the coming of the Lord. That was his assignment. That was his purpose in life. And he is considered great in the eyes of the Lord. Listen to how Scripture defines greatness in relation to John the Baptist. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Do you see that? Now, our ability to influence others towards God and towards God's purposes is called greatness. Your very life, the way you live your life, if you live an exemplary life that is Christ-like, we can also say that greatness is Christ-likeness. That you shine, and as a result of the light that is upon you, others are drawn to you and through you to Christ. Amen? That's greatness in the eyes of the Lord. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Look at what it says. Those who lead many people to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. Glory to God. Can you put that up, please, uh, Siobhan? I know you may not have God's Word translation, but I'm reading from God's Word translation. Those who lead many people to righteousness will shine like the stars Forever and ever. Amen. King James says, New King James Version, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Praise God. You see what greatness is in the eyes of the Lord? It's your life, the influence you exert over others. Not control, but influence. Inspiring others to follow the Lord. Inspiring others to follow your example. Inspiring others to believe like you believe. Amen? And to live a life that is exemplary. As a representative or an ambassador of Christ in the world that God placed you in and you begin from your very own family you become the kind of father that God wants you to be the kind of husband that God wants you to be the kind of wife that God wants you to be and you begin and start from where God placed you in your family and then you move out as a family unit. You see, God doesn't call individuals. He calls families to serve Him. That's why I'm so blessed to have my family serving God with me in the ministry. There's no greater blessing for any man of God than to look around and to see His children serving together with Him the call of God on the family's life. When God called me, He called my family to serve Him. When God calls you, He calls your family to serve Him together. God is a God of the families. He said to Abraham, through you, I am going to bless every family on the face of the earth. Amen? When He called Noah, He said, you and your household. Amen? Amen. Praise God your family is very very precious and important in the eyes of the Lord and it should be important to us I know some of us may have children who are not serving the Lord but you don't give up you pray for them you know sometimes it's too late to discipline them. you should have done that while they were growing up but of course some of us were not even in the Lord I know when I became a father I didn't know how to raise children because I was never taught how to raise children in a godly way. My parents were not godly. And while I was growing up as a young boy, my dad left for South Africa, and I was left with my mom and my brother. And all my mother knew was to raise her voice. And when we didn't listen, she would take the stick. Amen. I didn't know how to raise children, so I got born again, and here I am. The first one came, and then the second one, then the third one, but I was born again. I, I, I had the Spirit of God within me, and I had an inward desire how to raise godly children. So I prayed, and I said, Lord, help me, teach me. That's the key to being taught. If you think you know how, why would you ask for help? And why would God help you if you think you know everything? The secret is, Lord, I don't know how to do this. Would you please teach me? Well, unconsciously, or consciously, I walked into a a Christian bookstore, and I found a book by Andrew Murray, entitled, How to Raise Godly Children. Wow, what a blessing that book was. There was a chapter every day, in teaching fathers and mothers how to raise their children, how to pray for them. And at the end of that chapter, there was a prayer, a specific prayer for your children. I devoured that book. And then later on, I came across another book. what Dare to Discipline by James Dobson. Man, that, that book just changed my whole perception about raising children. It takes courage to discipline your child. Now, this, this modern uh, society teaches us you cannot, you cannot discipline your child. You cannot use the rod on your child. They're going to teach us now how to raise our children. They think they know more than God does. No wonder we are in such a mess. Amen. I devoured that book as well. Not only did I read and studied the book, but I practiced it. Thank God for godly teaching. What value can you place on wholesome, godly doctrine? And I praise God for these men of God that have taught me. And I do not pretend to know everything. But the, the, the proof, they say, is in the pudding, is in the eating. You know, and I see my children today. They're all happily married. They all serve God. And, and it pays to listen to the Lord. Are you listening to me? So we begin from there. We, 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 we love our family, we serve our family, and, and in the eyes of God, our families are very precious, our children are very precious. Amen? And also, what I want to uh, share with you also, when we speak about greatness, what do we mean? What is the essence of greatness? What is the substance that makes one great in the sight of the Lord? The essence of greatness, I believe, is a word called authenticity. You may want to write that down. Authenticity is the essence of greatness. In order to achieve greatness in the eyes of the Lord, one has to be authentic. That is the very substance and essence of greatness. Authentic means to be real. It also means to be genuine. To be an original, not a copy or an imitation. Or another word for authentic is authorized the opposite of authentic is false fake or unauthorized when people pretend to be who they not they are fake they are unauthorized they are illegitimate you're listening to me so Authentic means to be real and genuine. And the essence of every person's greatness is found in their authenticity. Authenticity is found, listen to this, in your God-given authority. That's where your authenticity lies. It means, listen to this, being who God created you to be And doing exactly what God created you to do. That is an authentic person. In other words, you're not confused about your identity. You know who you are. You know, I was raised, as I mentioned to you, and grew up in a cafe. When I was from the age of 13, my dad had a cafe in South Africa in a place called Malvern up in Johannesburg next to a bioscope next to a bar so all i knew was how to work in a cafe i learned business from a very young age i had no formal education my education is up to i don't know what you would call it standard seven here huh i didn't even finish matric because i was uprooted from my home country without language without understanding what culture have I was brought in and I was planted here in South Africa sat in a classroom and mocked it and laughed at by everyone because I couldn't understand a word they were saying and after two three years of that I had enough and I left school at the age of sixteen and I went my own way I went to work for other people, Greek people who owned cafes so I knew business And uh, all I wanted to do when I grew up was to own my own cafe. Well, (laughs) God blessed us with a wonderful supermarket with my wife, given to us by my father-in-law. But in the process of time, as I grew up spiritually, when I got born again, I began to grow in my understanding of who God is. And when I found God, I found myself. You know, people who don't know who they are is because they don't know the Lord. When you come to know the Lord in an intimate way, you will get to know who you are, yourself. You will find yourself. Amen? Praise God. Are you listening to me? So I began to discover, yes, I can do this business well but I know that I'm called for greater things than just selling stuff. And I was, I was, I was in my supermarket, the four walls with all this staff, members of staff and, 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 and clothes and, and, and groceries and, and perishables and all of that, and I felt like an eagle trapped in a cage. Because inside me, my spirit was crying for something more than just what I was experiencing. That's what happens to you when you grow up spiritually. You begin to break the mold that the world places on you, that other people place on you, and what they expect you to be, you begin to shatter that mold, and you come out, you step out of the shadows into the light of who God created you to be, and do what God called you to do. That's, that's freedom. That's breaking out of the mold of the world's thinking, or other people's thinking. Are you listening to me? But that takes place only when you begin to grow in the Lord. And we read about John the Baptist. The Bible says, and the child did what? He grew and became strong in spirit. And all of us who are born again are on a journey of growth and spiritual development. We should grow. If you're not growing, you're stagnating. You're backsliding. God wants you to see new things, experience new things, taste new things in the Spirit. Uh, Amen? And so, as my spirit began to grow, I could see where God called me to go. I could see who God destined me to become. And I began to find myself in the Scriptures. Have you ever found yourself in the Scriptures? If you are a diligent uh, student of the Word of God, you will read certain Scriptures and you say, that's me. They will speak to you. That's who God made me to be. And one day I'm reading the Gospel of Luke The story of John the Baptist. And when I came across verse 76, it said something like that. And thou, child, shall become the prophet of the highest. And you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare His people through the knowledge of the gospel. And when I read those verses, the Spirit of God took them and branded them in my heart. And I knew that I knew that my destiny was not to be a shopkeeper, but a preacher of the gospel. Have you ever found yourself in the Scriptures? When they came to John the Baptist and they asked him, Who are you? Are you Elias? He said, No. Are you the prophet? He said, No. Who are you? We need to give word to those who send us. They wanted to find out who who this man was. You know what he answered? He said, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. He didn't say, I'm an echo. He said, I am the voice. Where did he find his identity? In Isaiah chapter 7. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. He saw himself in the scriptures and he began to identify with the call of God on his life. He said, this is who I am. And this is what I'm called to do. Go and tell them. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Do you know that God has a unique and a special identity for every single one of you? He said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Sanctified means I separated you for a specific purpose. That's not just for Jeremiah. That's for you as well, and for me, for every child of God. God says, before I formed you in the womb of your mother, I knew who you are. Before you were born, I separated you for a specific task. There is a difference between doing a job and doing what God called you to do. And, and many of us today are unfulfilled in our places of work. John Bavia testifies and he said all he wanted to do was become an engineer after he finished university, marry a beautiful wife, and have some children, And then when he went to that company that employed him, there was a guy, there was a party that day uh, celebrating the 38 years of an employee who was leaving. And when he stood up to speak, he said, I hate it every single day that I worked in this company. (laughs) Because it was just a job. Many of us are locked and trapped in our jobs. Why? Because we need a paycheck. But that's a lousy way to spend your life. Amen? I like what I'm doing. I'm wired for what I'm doing. And I get paid for it. (laughs) But that's not the reason why I do what I do. I do what I do because God called me to do what I do. When you discover your gift, you will find your destiny. What are you good at? The Bible says that a man's gift makes room for him. Your gift will make room for you and bring you into the presence of great men and women of God. Oh, great men and women in the world. Are you with me? You find yourself. So, what do you do when you find yourself trapped in a situation like that? You start praying. Because let me tell you this, it's going to take faith for you to step out of the shadows into the light. It's going to take faith and spiritual growth and, 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 and fortitude to say, this is not for me. There's something more. Lord, and you start searching and seeking the face of God. God said in Jeremiah chapter, is it 17? No. He says, I know the plans I have for you. 29, Jeremiah 29. I know the plans I have for you. They're good plans. They want to give you blessing and peace and hope, not to harm you. And then further down, he says, and you will go and pray, and you will seek me. And when you seek me, with all of your heart, you will find me. And in finding me, you'll find yourself. Amen? Amen? So what is God saying to you Have you found yourself yet in the Scriptures? Do you know who you are? Do you know what your gifts, what your strengths are? When you do what God called you to do, when you become the kind of person God called you to become, you become an authentic person. Wherever you go, you spread the fragrance and the aroma of an authorized, authentic person. You catch the attention of other people. They would say there's something about you. You have an air of confidence. You know who you are. You're not trying to be someone who you're not. You're not jealous of other people's giftings, of other people's looks, of other people's wealth. You 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 just happy in your own skin. I don't want to be anybody else. I can learn from other people. I can learn from you. I can learn from other great men of God. But I'm not them. I don't want to be them. I just want to be me, who God created me to be. That That is what it means to be an authentic person, an authorized person. And so... We need to come to a place, and my time is running out and I want to close it here, in our attitude where we not only accept ourselves, but we love ourselves. We like ourselves. We like our own company. There are some people that can't stand their own company. They have to be around people all the time. They like leeches. They they leech onto you and they suck the life out of you. Why? Because they're looking for some, uh, some encouragement, some compliment, some assurance. I don't care if anybody loves me or not. God loves me. Praise God. And if God loves me, I'm satisfied in that. Amen. I don't get my my identity, and my confidence from what other people say, or how many people I've got in my church. You know how many pastors are depressed and oppressed because they only have few people in the church, and they would like to have hundreds of them. I don't want to have hundreds. I want to have those whom God has given me. I'm happy with them. More people, more trouble. Amen. God, did, God didn't call me to build great churches. He called me to bring greatness out of those whom God has given me. Amen. That's, my, that's my job. That's my calling. It is to bring greatness out of every single one that God has given me. That's why I'm giving you this teaching. Amen. I want to trouble you. I want to shake your, conf, your, your, your conscience today. I want you to start searching the heart of God and your heart and say, Lord, am I where you want me to be? Have I found and discovered my identity? I don't want to live my life by experimenting. I want to live my life with precision and with purpose every single day of my life. And one day... Like the Lord Jesus, the Apostle Paul, I want to stand before you and I'm going to say, Father, I have finished my race. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. And now I want to come and be with you. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you today. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for for bringing us into the reality of your presence, Father, to hear, to be encouraged, to be strengthened. Thank you that you're taking us, not just as individuals, but as families and as a congregation, to a place of greatness in your sight. Lord, we might be small in number, but I believe we are strong in spirit. And You are bringing us to a place of rest, of greatness in Your sight, of great influence and authority, and we give You thanks and praise in (coughs) Jesus' name. Help those who are struggling, Father, today. Those within the sound of my voice, they might not be here this morning. I pray that whoever hears this message will be encouraged and strengthened and inspired, Father, to step out of the shadows into the light of your glorious presence and begin to be and do what you call them to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.